Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast. Today, my guest is Chandra Campanelli, who is a holistic nurse and plant medicine guide with over 17 years of experience. And today, Chandra shares with us what it is like using psilocybin therapy within our own practice. We talk about what we can do to prepare ourselves physically, emotionally, and mentally for the psilocybin journey. And we discuss the risks and the benefits and what we can expect before, during, and after, and also the duration of the experience and the dosage. We talk about psilocybin and neurogenesis and how it actually creates new neurons in the brain. And we discuss the difference between taking mushrooms recreationally and medically. The most important thing to gain the most value from your experience is to look at your set, your setting, to have a clear and concise intention and to have integration, to have that support after the journey is absolutely key, as well as letting go of any expectations. Psilocybin, what is sometimes called magic mushrooms, can be life transformational if done in the correct way. And it's always important to do it with people that you trust in a setting that feels safe. So I hope you will have some takeaways from this episode. I learned a lot and it was really fun talking to Chandra. If you are enjoying these episodes, please take a moment to like and subscribe. It means so much to us. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, a place to explore possibility through mindfulness, movement, and self-discovery. Our intention is to deliver insight and inspiration while fostering conversations that are genuine, unfiltered, and deeply human. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hello, good morning, Chandra. How are you? Hello, Nikki. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I want to thank you so much for coming today and being on the Connected Community Podcast. I'm excited to chat. Yes. So you're a holistic nurse and plant medicine guide, and you have 17 years of nursing experience. Is that correct? I do. do. So what is the title that you usually give people with with your work? So I'm a holistic nurse, board certified, as well as a board certified integrative health and wellness nurse coach. I do specialize in working with people who utilize psychedelics as medicine, primarily psilocybin. Nice. What What does that mean? Um, the What did you say? The integrative health and wellness? What nurse is that coach. piece of it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't heard that before, I don't think. So... Uh, what an integrative health and wellness nurse coach does uh, in in general, over overarching, is help people to reach their health and wellness goals. So these can be physical uh, related. They can be related to chronic conditions. They can be things like nutrition, uh, weight loss, increasing exercise, movement. It can also be psycho-emotional processing. Um, I also... Uh, bring in a spiritual element into my coaching. And mm-hmm. you can think of uh, a coach as uh, someone who helps uh, assist others in breaking down the pieces 
to uh, simplify and strategize to reach the goal. For instance, if you think about athletics, right? You have a you have a player on the field. The player wants to be best player on the team. You can go out there and you can have that in your mindset. I want to be the best player on the team. But if you haven't recognized that you uh, have weaknesses to to work on and strengths to build upon, it's very hard and it's just an abstract goal. And so I help people to break down what it is they're trying to achieve, help identify barriers and uh, come up with realistic, uh, specific, measurable goals uh, to help get them closer to what it is they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive really quickly into the science behind um, psilocybin because I know that it creates new neuropathways um, and and that's kind of like a big piece of it. So can you talk without going crazy into the science, um, can you talk a little bit about what it does to our brain and how it changes our patterns and our thoughts and, and, and eventually our behaviors? Sure. Absolutely. I like to think about uh, neurogenesis uh, in terms of constellation. All right. So if you think about, we have all these neurons, right? They grow quite a bit when we're young. They don't do a whole lot when we're in, in middle age, and then they start to decrease as we become older. Um, or if our body is exposed to, uh, pathogens or chemicals that speed up that process. So, um, so you have the neuron, right? This is like the little star, right, in the constellation. Mm -hmm. And then you have the uh, dendritic connections between neurons. So those are like the lines that you draw to form Mm -hmm. the shape of the constellation. So not only does psilocybin help to create new stars in the constellation, but also new connections between both the new and mm-hmm. the existing stars or mm-hmm. neurons. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about, you go outside and it is, uh, you know, maybe 8 p.m. Uh, it's dark out, but not like super dark. Maybe there's a little bit of light pollution still. You look up, you see the Big Dipper. It's beautiful. It's great. But you go back out. You go back out at midnight and you look up and you see all these other stars Mm-hmm. It's so much darker. Everybody's lights are off. You see all these other stars and you realize that what you were looking at, that that framework of the Big Dipper is really part of the larger Ursa Major. And you mm-hmm. weren't able to see that before. You weren't able to acknowledge that that existed. You weren't able to draw the connections, but now you can. So mm-hmm. it really provides a lot of opportunity to grow in ways that you didn't foresee before. So most of us have some insight. Most of us know hmm, what our weaknesses are, what our strengths are. You know, you get to a certain age, you have have a decent idea about yourself. You might be able to say, hey, I react this way because this happened to me. And now my nervous system is wired to react in, in a specific way. 
But as you grow new neurons and new dendritic connections, you can expand upon that greatly. And what seemed small and untouchable before now has the capacity for new solutions, new behaviors, new reactions. Um, And that is uh, really powerful for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In that moment, that's powerful. But then how does that moment carry once the plant medicine has worn off? If we're growing new neurons, if we're growing new dendritic connections, then we also want to have those uh, pathways traveled more mm-hmm. frequently. We want to make sure that those pathways are, that they are safe, that they feel secure. So I believe it's very, very important to use this medicine in conjunction with uh, psychosomatic practices, um, with, with talk therapy, with um, meditation, with uh, any, any type of uh, contemplative type mm-hmm. of practice. If we go take uh, this medicine one day, and mm-hmm. then the next day we dump ourselves back out into the world that we know yeah. and we uh, persist in behaving the same ways, all we're really doing is reaffirming what we've, mm-hmm. what we've already done and maybe adding some newer negative components. Mm-hmm. I'll use the word negative loosely. But um, if we add in uh, contemplative practice, uh, then we can train these pathways to provide us with something new. Mm-hmm. If we don't do this, what we have is a really interesting, compelling experience that mm-hmm. we may walk away with, uh, perhaps a visual that was impactful, perhaps, um, you know, even some, some sound information that came to us that is very mm-hmm. impactful. So I'm not saying that it can't be impactful without this. What right. I'm saying is that if you're using it as medicine, this is not like a pharmaceutical. You don't take this and just uh, assume that, oh, I'm going to grow some new parts mm-hmm. of my brain <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm going to be better. Right. So the work is, yes. is, is determining what is better? What does that look like for me? What do I want it to look like? What actions can I take to make sure that these connections that I'm building reaffirm the behaviors and reactions that I really am trying to create here? Yes. Yes. And I want to highlight this so like like in blinking lights because... <laughs> Um, because I know that there have been people that say take ketamine or, um, psilocybin and maybe they're in a deep depression and they're kind of in that hole where they're isolating, um, from friends and family and they're not doing their activities. And then they have this experience and it's profound. And, and then after the experience, they go back to those old patterns and those old lifestyles and they don't get the benefits of the medicine. And there is a work component in this. Like you have to go in and dig into your soul and want that change. And then I, I also, I kind of think of it as like, um, if you're drawing a line in the sand, you know, um, in order to build neuro neuro pathways, you have to continue to like draw the line, draw the line, draw the line. So in that example for that person, they would need to get out of their bubble 
you know, and go out and engage with family and then continue to do that and build those pathways so that those strengthen um, because you can go on a psilocybin experience and, and um, it can be super fun and, um, and wild and crazy and not gain all the things that the plant medicine can give us. But um, setting and intention and um, like contemplation and integration and all of those things are key to making that experience one that's transformational versus like in a, just an experience. So um, how can people how can people get the most out of out of their experience from the beginning all the way through in it and then to the end? And after <laughs> that's a great question. And it's a really important question. So the first thing people can do is set aside their expectations with the, the way, uh, the way culture is right now, we are still very, uh, uh, set on instant gratification. And I think some of the media um, and some of the discussion kind of tells people that you are going to do this and it's going to change everything. And that's, that's not the case, right? P people have been doing uh, psilocybin uh, recreationally for mm -hmm forever right and mm -hmm. and these people who are doing them recreationally they'll go back and they'll tell you what kind of experience they had and that it was like a really uh different kind of experience but not all of them are telling that telling you that it changed my life or that that transformation occurred mm -hmm. yes so um setting aside your expectation for instant gratification is really really important um i believe that you should be preparing for your experience at a minimum for two weeks in advance. This mm -hmm. means doing things such as uh, nutritional op optimization so that your body is, is functioning and absorbing and operating at its best, right? Um, I also believe that intention is really important. Um, and I'll talk about intention for a moment mm -hmm. because one thing to know is that if I go into an experience and I say, well, my intention is to uh, not be so traumatized by the assault that I had that's been, that's been uh, guiding all of my reactions. Mm -hmm. Um. There's no guarantee that even if you meditate on this every single day, there's no guarantee that the outcome of your journey is going, or, or even the experience of the journey yes. is going to be focused on that. Um, because the way we've been thinking about it, the way we've been processing it is, is so ingrained. It's so ingrained in, in our system. And so when you have an experience, it comes up in very abstract ways. You may go into an experience and not even that experience may not even feel like it relates to the intention mm -hmm. at all. Really? So you can, you can set a pretty solid intention and then it, um, your experience doesn't hit that intention at all that happens? 
Right. Yes. Interesting. Yes, you absolutely can. But okay. And it, it's not necessarily that it doesn't hit the intention. It's that you don't think that it hit the intention because mm -hmm. what it showed you or what you took away from it doesn't seem relative to that experience. But again, mm -hmm. at this point, you are just in the birth of creating mm -hmm. those new connections, right? Mm -hmm. So when you go into the journey, again, along the lines of letting go of expectations, mm -hmm. even with having your intention, you're not there to force the the mushroom to tell you what you want to hear. That's not right. going to happen. <laughs> right. uh, it comes to you in ways that might seem foreign. If you think about a really good storyteller and you think about the meat and potatoes of the story and then you think about the, um, the lesson mm -hmm. at the end, you don't see that coming. Right. Like a really good storyteller keeps mm -hmm. you captured in the story and it's the story that gets you to the point at the end where mm -hmm. you're like, oh, now mm -hmm. I see how it all connects. So if I go in again saying, you know, I want to work on uh, dealing with this trauma that I had mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't necessarily seem like that's what's coming up, it doesn't mean at all that it's not being impacted right. in the moment. Right. And that's why the follow-up is so important. That's why the integration and the work piece is yes. so important because again, that magic that happens, that's just a small mm -hmm. part of it, right? That's the physiological mm -hmm. chemical part. The rest of it is you, you, the storyteller, you, the person putting the pieces together. So a lot of times it takes quite a bit of time to really process or integrate mm -hmm. the, um, the experience in a way that makes that shift that mm -hmm. you were looking for. Right. Uh, weight loss is a big one. People go in, they're like, I want to eat. I want to, I, I don't want to be so, uh, uh, ruled by my compulsion and my cravings for, for food. I'd really like to, to lose weight. Right. Mm -hmm. So you go in, you have this experience, a variety of things come up. You don't necessarily see yes. how they connect mm -hmm. to your relationship with food, but through the integration piece piece and through doing contemplative practices, the behavior changes. Yeah. 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 I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I think as I've gotten older, it's been one of my hardest lessons in life that I think I'm finally getting, I'm slowly getting is that, um, anytime I set expectations up, I always get disappointed. Um, it's just like, a, it's just, it's just going to happen. And so, um, a more reasonable expectation might be to be open to whatever it is that you're supposed to receive in that session or to be open to like to have an intention um, but not a set expectation. And then um, this openness behind the experience. What Do you feel like if somebody's very headstrong that they can block the effects of the psychedelics? Well, I don't think you can block the physiological effects. But, mm -hmm. but what, what they can do is if they're particularly headstrong, retrain those pathways 
along that headstrong line. Mm-hmm. You come out it if you if you come out of the journey and you say, well. I don't believe that did anything for me. Well, my friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are just creating new pathways, uh, new uh, new cell structures that tell you what you've always believed, yes. mm-hmm. right? If you take um, it's like physical health and wellness or weight loss or things like that um, as uh, as an intention, right? If you come out it out of it and you say. Uh, well, that didn't really tell me anything. And then you, you know, go eat your favorite thing. You're reaffirming that. But if you come out of that and you say, all right, I'm open. I am going to work through the things that did come up. And I'm also going to make a point to take 15 minutes to take a walk today Mm -hmm. using that time to now reaffirm those pathways through activity, through fresh air, through, uh, through thought and contemplation, mm-hmm. you are starting to make them become what you intended them to be to begin right. with. So I'm, mm-hmm. it's, it's really quite, quite a long process. When I work with people, generally, uh, a few months up to a year to really feel like they've blossomed into what they intended. They don't just wake up the next day and everything is better. It's mm-hmm. a, a period of intention. It's right. continuing that intention and putting action towards it. So that way your brain and your body is beginning to naturally say, you know what? I'd like to go for a walk mm-hmm. out of the blue. And then you follow that and you reaffirm it. Right. There have been studies um, where people have drug-resistant antidepression. Um, and, you know, after two to three psilocybin experiences, that has been lifted. There's been a lot of science and data backing that. So it is possible um, that it does work quickly, but I do hear what you're saying is that contemplation piece. Like it, it, that's the difference between, I guess, recreational um, and and medicinal, right? It's the recreational, you have the experience and you just go about your day. And when you're doing the plant medicine and your intention is to heal, then there's that intention and then that deep contemplation afterwards. Like they just the yeah. little bit of thought before the actions. Yeah, if you're if you if you look at the Hopkins studies where they're they're saying that two to two to three mm-hmm. um, macro journeys, they're still working with these people between sessions. These okay. these sessions mm-hmm. are taking taking place months apart, and work is being done in between. And it's not like you get to that that year out point, right? They haven't or they're studying past a year right now, but mm-hmm. right now what the information that they have, the data that they have reflects that these symptoms are relieved for up to a year. Mm-hmm. So, um it's not it's still even in that case what you're looking at is a period of time where where you have a session here a session here a session here and mm-hmm. in between they're working with researchers to integrate okay i nice yeah yeah 
Um, correct me if I'm wrong, that John Hopkins study, they um, blindfold them so they aren't having an external experience, they're having an internal experience, and that it's paired with, is it music? Um, and so it's a very, very, very internal process versus going out and doing mushrooms in the woods with your friends. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I am. I will say that I, be- I believe there is merit to utilizing mushrooms in naturalistic settings, and that's currently being researched. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that the um, the specific study that a lot of people refer back to, yes, they are blindfolded. Um, there's music involved. It's a blend of uh, classical music. It's not not lyrical, right? So, so there's the sensory experience aside from sound and touch is very internalized. Mm-hmm. And that's the point, in terms of uh, a therapeutic experience of being with the mushroom, if you are doing the experience and you're taking all this input, all of all of these different sensations from from the outside, you know it's going to stimulate taking you in different directions. If you're looking to dig around inside and really see deeply within yourself then the commitment to being inside is really, really important. I do, um, on occasion, uh, have people that feel a bit intimidated by using an eye mask and using mm-hmm. music or, or sound, you know, they, they really want to, you know, go, you know, explore the space and see the, the, you know, the color swirl and the, the sacred geometry. And, and that is a valid experience mm-hmm. in and of itself. But that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about finding solutions to our most challenging Mm-hmm. internal problems. Mm-hmm. That's why meditation is so powerful. Having a meditative practice kind of cuts off those senses and forces us to go inward. Um, and then if you're having a psychedelic experience that's therapeutic too, we don't do that. We don't go inward. We don't explore the insides of our, our thoughts and our emotions. And and um, so I do think that by cutting off that census of sight, we're, we're it's forcing us to go a little bit more inwardly. And, and then you'd said something about touch. I didn't even think about that, but that's one, another one that you can kind of pull back so that you're just going more internally, um, and, and exploring what's, what's happening. There's a lot that's happening. And I think we run on autopilot in our lives. We run around and we run around and we run around and then we collapse at the end of the day and people aren't taking time to just be with themselves. It's so important. Yeah. Joy, you know, outside of joy and elation and euphoria, uh, like happiness, being internal can generally, usually is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It is not our favorite thing to do. The world that we live in has... uh, (laughs) so much pressure so so much expectation right you anything uh anything you face um can elicit responses from you that run the range of emotion 
Mm -hmm. right? And there's this subsect of of emotion that we love. And it's that emotion that makes us feel good. And it's that light, right? We talk about light and dark and, um, and, and there's all this gray in the middle, but even that gray is pretty uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so we don't do it intentionally. Most of us don't do it intentionally. Um, and with the medicine, that discomfort is amplified when you do it in su- in such a way as mm-hmm. blindfolded um, with the music because you are so internal. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why the preparation is so important. Learning to, to just recognize, like, I feel angry right now. That doesn't mean that I have to find a solution to this anger. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I need to express this anger. It doesn't mean mean that I need to do anything with it. Can I just sit here and feel it mm-hmm. for what it is? And most people don't want to do that. Why? Well, it makes you want to react. You mm-hmm. want to react. That's the, the, that's the natural thing to do. It's to come back outside. It's to yell or maybe to slam something down or to tell somebody what they ought to hear, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and that feels better. It feels better to take action than mm-hmm. to just sit there and feel it when you are with the medicine in an internalized way. Number one, you're going to feel it, but you're also going to feel it so deeply that you begin to start to get glimmers of light as to why am I feeling this way? Not, not what did somebody else do to cause this, even though visualizations of that might mm-hmm. come up, but it takes you much deeper into it. And this gives you a lot of new insight to work with in that post journey period when you're integrating and you're not going to remember everything that happened in, in your experience. But as you talk about it afterwards, after you, as you contemplate it, as you, um, do your meditative practices or, or whatever practice you've, you've chosen, mm-hmm. those, those connections are going to be to be made. And then, and then not only that, but when anger comes to you, it doesn't seem so scary because Mm -hmm. you've sat with it hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be overwhelming for a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a big commitment that, that goes into it. Um, As a guide going through that beginning phase with people and, and helping them to um, unlock and gain some openness and build commitment to the process is really, really helpful. And then for me, it helps me to understand more deeply who, who it is that I'm, I'm working with, mm-hmm. how I can be best supportive. Um, and in some cases t- tells me that I, Sometimes it tells me that I have to say, this might not be, this might not be your time. Mm -hmm. It might be, it might be a good idea to wait. This may not, this may not be what you're hoping for it to be because you're so focused on, on making it what you 
what you want it to be. And this is a, this is a leap of faith. This is jumping off. This is jumping yeah. off a cliff, you know? So if you are, are not ready to fall through the air, you, you can't jump off the cliff and be like, well, the parachute's coming. It's, yeah. it's not coming. We're in it. Yeah. So who would be the person that um, might not be a good candidate or how would they know if they're not ready? Or how do you know when somebody's ready? I feel like when you're ready to dive in the deep end and face your fears and your, um, your shadow side that, you know, that's a good sign that you're ready, but I don't know if everyone is psychologically or mentally prepared or ready. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, not, not everyone is. Um, if, if you are not psychologically stable, meaning you are, you know, you have a history um, or even sometimes a family history of um, behavioral health issues that involve violence. Uh, if you've had, if you've ever had a history of um, audio or visual hallucinations, and I'm, and I'm going to say that loosely because there's a lot of people out there who have intuitions mm-hmm. and visions, and these are not the same thing, mm-hmm. but n- not, not able to function in in the reality that exists you generally this is not a good idea for you mm-hmm. anxiety is a very interesting is a very interesting one because in general uh psilocybin is quite helpful for people with anxiety mm-hmm. but if your anxiety is so uncontrolled that you your fear is leading you to um be sort of obsessive. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're at a level of agitation where they where they cannot um, settle into the work that they need to do, and they're looking for me to be their absolute life raft, mm-hmm. they're they're not ready. Yeah, they're they're not ready. Um, well, there has to be a level of trust with um, themselves, with you, with the medicine, um, and it can be a sweet and beautiful journey. But there, there's a deep level of trust if you're doing it as a guide for somebody else. They have to know that you can carry them through some of those hundred percent difficult spaces. Trust. That's actually you're you're saying it. it's it's the key word. Um, if we've gotten to if we've gotten to a point where we're approaching your your journey time, and I don't feel like you trust me, um, it really can be one of two things. Number one, you're not ready. Number two, I'm not the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the other piece. Um, having the right guide, I think, is really really important. Um, there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that there's never been a person that has come to me, um, that I have felt that this, this isn't the right time or this isn't the right time for you, or I'm not the right person for you that I have not referred to, to others. There very well may be somebody out there that is going to, um, be able to connect with you right? better. If you are somebody that's seeking a guide and you've gone to, to two separate people and and both of those people are saying this might not be the right time for you Mm -hmm. there's a very good chance that it might not be the right time for you but i want to i want to piggyback that on that and say that there are plenty of people out there that will take your money 
Yeah. They will take your money and they, it does not matter what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. So ultimately there's, there's a level of accountability to self that's really important for people that are thinking about undertaking this. And you don't want to go to a practitioner that doesn't do any integration in any post work. Like you can't just go to someone and have that experience and um, be off on your own. Yeah. Unless, so, I, I, although I say like it's possible because you can do your deep contemplation, your meditation. And if you're in that space, um, if somebody's able to do that and has that practice already established. I think, I think that there is a, a sect of people who really are, are able to self-integrate. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, people have been using this medicine for thousands of years, both individually and with guides and the medicine is the medicine. Right. I'm not the medicine. I'm, I'm not, I'm not your medicine. I'm there to help support, help support your medicine. But the mushrooms were here before us, and they're going to be here long, long after us. And and the but the majority of people um, continue continue to integrate, continue to journey. Um, typically, up to uh, eight, six, eight months a year. Uh, and I do think it's more impactful mm-hmm. that way. I do. I do. Um, but that I, I'm also a little biased because I get to bear witness to it. So I get to really intimately see mm-hmm. the way they're growing and the changes that are happening. And that's super rewarding for me. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody was to come in for a psilocybin treatment, um, w- what should they expect from beginning to end? Like how long and, and, you know, what are you giving them and what does it taste like and how long does it take effect? And, um, and when does it peak and things like that? Or how much are you involved in that experience, et cetera? All right. So I will tell you that I, um, I'm, a, I'm a licensed healthcare professional and I do not provide uh, psilocybin or any illegal substance to anyone. Mm-hmm. So what a person gets is, is what a person gets. Now, through their intake, I'm going to tell them, you know, what my recommendation is, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to to say you know if you're if you're if you're doing this, this is the strain that you want to look for. This is the dose that mm-hmm. that we want to start with. What is the typical um, starting dose? Four to five grams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four to five grams. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be present through their preparation because I'm not walking in on somebody who just decided to swallow 12 grams and uh, yes, take, oh my God. <laughs> take a ride into who knows where. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, there will be education. Um, generally I will not do a journey unless there's been an intake, uh, at least two weeks out. Because like I said uh, right. earlier, that preparation time is is integral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the beginning, we do the intake. I do a very in-depth intake that runs the gamut of, you know, what's your daily routine? What medications are you on? What are your, uh, con- what are your medical conditions? Diagnosed and self-diagnosed. Uh, emphasize self-diagnosed because mm-hmm. people know a lot about what's going on with them. And if somebody has diagnosed themselves with something, I'm not going, I'm not going to pretend that 
that there's no credibility mm -hmm. in that, even if right. it's important. Um, your spiritual background, your your um, coping mechanisms, uh, support systems. Your, yeah, your support systems, your family structure. We're going to touch on trauma. Trauma is, is really a really important thing to talk about it ahead of time. Um, whether or not that's what you're coming to deal with or not, it's important because in in my experience, when people go into these journeys, trauma is going to come up. It's 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 in there. It's seated. You haven't you haven't faced it. You haven't addressed it. It's been waiting to come out. It's been expressing itself in in a million different different ways, identified or unidentified, uh, and it, and it's going to come up. So I, it's important for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you have had let's say sexual trauma, oh, I, I need to know if there's things that I might do that could potentially trigger mm -hmm. responses to that. Do I need to modify my approach mm -hmm. with you because of what you've experienced in the past? And then it also assists me in understanding what might be going on with them in, mm -hmm. in the journey or why they might be reacting in a certain way as they start to come out of their journey. So in that two-week period, uh, depending on what they have said during their intake, I uh, give preparation exercises. Um, and this is going to be really individualized. If you tell me, I don't like meditation, I have never uh, meditated, and I have zero interest in meditating, and plenty of people are like that, I'm not going to tell you you need to meditate. Right. That's really silly. <laughs> Right. All right. So if you're if you're telling me, well, you know, the way that I I um, cope or the way that I like to get my blood moving is through dancing, then my recommendations are going to be closer to what it is that comes natural for you. Right. If you are, you know, it's very, very individualized. So mm -hmm. that's the preparation phase also includes um, nutritional optimization, hydration optimization. Um, we talk about potential side effects, things that could come up such as like headache is a super common one. How can we avoid that? How can we treat it if it happens? Uh, and then we get to our journey. Mm -hmm. And so during the journey, uh, when, so once a person has taken their, their product, uh, we, uh, we get comfortable in the space in in the setting that has been developed through planning between us, uh, getting comfortable and then moving into the come up, I'll say mm -hmm. is, uh, can be a, a number of things. Again, it's individualized based on the things that you've told me that you've experienced and the things that you've told me are your intentions. This generally is a combination of guided breath, uh, guided meditation, breath work, mm -hmm. really, really, really important. Uh, the body's demand for oxygen tends to go up when you're on psilocybin. So I want, I want you all sorts of oxygenated. Uh, and then during the the journey itself, which can look very different mm -hmm. for each person. Some people might lay there absolutely quiet and motionless for three hours. Mm -hmm. 
right? Some people might writhe, some people might wail, some people might want to talk. Mm -hmm. All right. So at this point, it's my job to make sure that I'm connected energetically with that person. Um, I am a Reiki practitioner, so I do do Reiki during the sessions. Um, I, I work a lot of energy through the sessions. Uh, this could be hands-on or it could be hands-off. It really depends on the person, mm-hmm. what they're, what they've said that they, they want, what they've said that they, they don't want. And also my, uh, my judgment and intuition during that time. But I am, I am aligned with Reiki the entire time. I'm going to utilize Reiki the entire time. And uh, I found that it's really complementary to the journey experience. A typical journey, I would say four to six hours, give or take. Mm -hmm. I do not leave someone unless they are lucid. And by lucid, it means you can, you can walk to the bathroom without getting distracted for for a period of time. Um, It means you can make yourself a sandwich if you need to. You can operate a butter knife and the, uh, the mayonnaise Mm -hmm. and, um, and, um, and then their consent. I'm ready for, I'm ready for you to go now. Right. And there's always that time that comes where they're like, I can take it from here. Yeah. And then I, f- I feel good about leaving. I'm not, I don't leave until the person is ready. When, uh, when does it peak for them usually during that four to six hours? I would say in the second hour. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like a singular peak. It's almost like a scaffolding mm-hmm. where they sort of come to a peak and then they build upon that peak and then there's another one. But generally, but right around like the second hour is where, where you see that first peak and we start going through it. And the second to third, second to fourth hour is, is pretty, uh, mm-hmm. pretty common. Yeah. 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 This is fascinating. I think, um, I think, um, it must, it must be really scary for people to do their first experience. There's not knowing what to expect. I mean, again, there's that great level of trust and that willingness to dive deep. It is a powerhouse. It's a Mm -hmm. powerhouse among, among medicine and certainly, uh, a small part of healing, uh, mm-hmm. for, for the people that use it, but a really, uh, important and integral yeah. part for the people that use it. It can precipitate a lifetime's worth of, of change. And people know that mm-hmm. they, they know it. And so, yes. Yeah. But it's exciting. It's exciting. It's growth and it's, um, transformation. And that's so, so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you so much. This has been fun. I'd love for you to just share like how people can connect with you and find you. And um, of course, I'll put all that in the show notes, but I'd love for you to share that, please. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. I, it's, <laughs> I love talking about this. Um, and I, I think it's really important for, for this information to be mm-hmm. out there. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to, to use my voice and to, 
to, to put it out there. And so anybody is welcome to, to reach out to me, to ask questions. Uh, you can find me through my website, which is www.inspireintegrative.com. There's a contact form on there. You can also schedule a discovery call right through the website. If you, if you're like, okay, I'm ready for the unknown schedule, schedule your discovery call. We'll talk. Um, and that is for, uh, for, uh, holistic health and wellness nurse coaching. That is also for, uh, psychedelic education, supplement education, um, or to even, even if you're thinking that you're going to journey on your own, which a lot of people do, Mm -hmm. um, uh, taking some time to do some education beforehand can really help mitigate some issues for you. So by all means, please reach out through the website. You can also find me on Facebook uh, under uh, Chandra Campanelli. <laughs> and uh, I also uh, am on uh, TikTok, and that is uh, in.spire underscore integrative. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. And I really appreciate your time and your expertise. And I, I think this is a really fun topic to discuss and explore. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me and for taking the time to talk. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening to the Connected Community Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe. I can be found at www.nikkiyyoga.com, N-I-C-K-Y-Y-Y-O-G-A.com. Until I see you again next week, I hope you have a beautiful day.